Hi everyone. So today I want to talk about um body positivity and like self-love and um yeah, really I want to describe to you how I used to relate to my body and how I relate to my body today and how different that really feels to me. So obviously like being born in the body that I was born I didn't have much um to I don't know how to put it this way but like I had the privilege of being born with a body that looks a lot like what is uh loved and accepted in mainstream media so I um was born strong and tall and athletic and like my body fit into what was uh labeled as beautiful or what is labeled as beautiful in mainstream media nonetheless i still developed uh parts i i found a way to doubt and dislike parts of myself that were different and that are not less beautiful but that are not so mainstream media and so one example of that is my hair so i have a uh, really really curly hair and um hair like mine i didn't see uh much women wearing like a uh, hair like mine or like having hair like mine and knowing how to style it and my experience of uh going to the hairdresser was that they just didn't know how to style my hair they didn't know how to cut it they didn't know how to detangle it and so i pretty much felt like um something was wrong with my hair as i was younger and like it's funny because my mom like she has blonde hair and blue eyes and like she uh was doing her best to like detangle my hair and like braid it and take care of it the best that she could but like she, even she didn't really know how to take care of hair like mine and i have a younger sister so i remember like going on my hair journey and like uh sharing tips with her uh as i went along but like I'll, all of this to say so for me one of the things was the hair the other thing is that i'm quite tall so i'm 5 foot 9 and uh most women are smaller than me and most men maybe are like yeah same height as me some are smaller some are taller today I know quite a few men that are taller than me but still 5 foot 9 I'm pretty much like the height that most men are and then there are obviously some that are taller but when you're younger and you grow up like I remember uh one teacher telling me like in school well you know uh girls they they grow faster than boys and one day like the boys are going to catch up to you and they're going to be taller than you and it's like that day kind of never came in my experience but it did come and so like when i was younger i was really taller than most people and then like people did catch up but i still feel quite tall and when i decide to wear heels i'm like 6 foot 1 and so plus the hair and so yeah so that was an another thing and also like in my physical body being strong and athletic well there was something in my mind that like somehow a, a girl that is very muscular is somehow not feminine and not attractive 
And so that's something that I had internalized somewhere. And so all of these physical things, like I am someone who has always been confident in my body and I has I have always loved my body. And the truth is my body was not hard to love because my body, like I said, it, my body is tall, is strong, is aesthetic, if you like, uh, and proportionate. Oh, the other thing, my feet. So I wear size 11. And so like most uh, shoe stores in Quebec anyway, the, the, um, yeah, the size range is like from six to 10. And so that was really funny because my shoe size is 11 and my best friend at the time, her shoe size was five. And so every time we went shopping, like there were no shoes for her, no shoes for me. And I absolutely hate shopping, by the way, but that's okay. With um, internet and all, it makes things a lot easier for me today. But I remember at the time, like one of the only places that I could get like shoes or high heels or anything, I went to Payless Shoes because I knew, or Winners. Because I knew that I could go like straight to the place where it says like shoe size 11 and then I could pick and choose from there. But like going into a regular uh, shoe place and like asking the sizes and I'm like, do you have size 11? They're like, oh no, sorry. And so, yeah, maybe that's less true today. But my experience of shopping at the time was that. And so just for my, yeah, for my um, height uh, and how tall I am, when I was working in real estate, I had trouble finding like work clothes. And so just like straight, like black, regular black work pants, like they were always just a little too short on the bottom. And so like I had like maybe an inch or two that like it looked like um, in <laughs> it looked like they were too short. And same with the, um, the I don't know how to call them, like the veston, those shirts that you wear to work. Well, the sleeves were just a little bit too short. And same with the, um, like my core, I have like a, a long core. And so like, it was just a little bit too short. So just enough to feel annoying. And yeah, so I had this kind of feeling of being out of place or not normal or like, yeah, nothing ever fits. So all the red, like already made clothes that you find anywhere. So let's say here in Quebec, you have like Simon's, uh, RW and Co, um, whatever, Tristan, uh, yeah, the places that you go to buy work clothes. Well, for me, my experience of that was that like nothing ever fit perfectly. There was only like a little thing that was off and it's it, it was just enough to be annoying for me. <clears throat> and so I developed this way of being that I, that all of this was subconscious, but like, I didn't know, but like part of me made myself wrong for being how I was because it was hard for me to find clothes, to find shoes, to find hair styling products. And nonetheless, I still had a positive relationship with my body. And as I said, like I have the privilege, my body was has always been like really uh, healthy and strong and um, yeah. But the thing is the difference, the main difference. So like before there were so, some subconscious things that I w wanted to make wrong about myself, instead of like, instead of thinking or telling myself that like the problem wasn't me, it was just that like the mainstream clothes in like all the shops are just not adapted to women 
my height, my size. And so like, the problem is not me. It's just that like, maybe I do not fit into the norm. But there was something about like, instead of feeling empowered about that and beautiful and different, I felt like part of me felt wrong. And part of me wished that I could just be like everybody else and actually um, be able to just go to a store and buy some clothes and buy some shoes and like have access to like a lot of choice. The same thing happened with my uh, makeup. So like to have the right uh, foundation color for my face, that was not something that happened. Like you, in the regular um, places where you buy makeup, um, like there was never the right color for me and then much later I was able to go in these stores like Sephora and have somebody actually like sample um my skin tone and find the right color and so all of this to say like it's just these little details that made my life not so easy but just like made me feel kind of like out of norm and instead of seeing this in a positive way or or just seeing this as a reflection of how maybe um just life here wasn't necessarily adapted to um people like me and that the problem was that i didn't like was outside of me like it, uh, any human or any child will have the reflex of thinking like well maybe the problem is me maybe the problem is not outside of me, it's it's inside me. And so we all have a tendency to do this as children and then later as adults. And like doubting ourselves and making ourselves wrong instead of seeing the environment in which we are and how maybe it's just not adapted f for to meet the needs of like everyone. And then there are always ways to like adapt. So I did find uh like specific clothing stores where the pants were taller tall enough for me and just to say for any tall women out there and I know like today with internet you can buy anything everywhere and like have the measurements and stuff but like physical store that I went to was actually Reetmans and Reetmans have like these these long longer pants that I was able to buy and actually wear and um yeah so uh, just all of this to say, so things were a little bit harder for me, but all of this was kind of subconscious because like I, if if you had asked me, like, do you have any, like, are you self-conscious about anything about your body? I would have said, no, not really. And at the same time, when you go deeper into these things, well, I, I was able to see in myself all the places where I made myself wrong for like being as tall as I am and like the size that I have and that I want to like walk into the world and I there was all of these ways where I tried to make myself smaller just to fit in and I didn't even know that until I started digging and so um yeah that is part of it and the other piece was that I had a very um like I don't know how to say it utilitary kind of relationship with my body where I was just using it instead of loving it and so there's a, a, a huge difference when you want to come at your body from the outside to make it look a certain way or to love it just if it gives you certain things or a certain outcome or a certain productivity versus like really loving your body and caring for your body in an unconditional way. My love for my body was very, very, very conditional. Like I 
yeah, so I, I used to work out a lot and like my body, as I said, is very athletic. And so like my, I pushed my body beyond its limits. Uh, so just in the way that I was, um, like working out, like I pushed my body beyond its limits, not to make it feel good and to move my body, but to make it look a certain way so that it fits certain standards. So I had the capacity to be able to look like muscular. And so like when I was younger, I wanted the abs and I wanted the butt and I wanted like the, the ripped muscles because that was something that was valued in myself and also around me. And I loved having the capacity to do that with my body. But the thing is, like, it was never a, a two-way relationship where it's like, I'm going to cultivate this loving relationship with my body and have it move so that it feels good. And the result of that is that, like, my muscles are going to be strong So that's the relationship I have today. Like I carry my kids around. I walk a lot. Like the, it's very different and my body is not less muscular. It's just like instead of pushing my body beyond its limits and having an expectation of the outcome and wanting it to look a certain way, it's just I'm being uh, mindful of moving my body daily and feeding my body really like every almost two hours just so that my body feels good, my body feels safe. And the side result of that is just that I have a healthy athletic body, but I'm not trying to make it look a certain way. I'm just giving my body what it needs and it's doing its own thing and like looking whatever it feels like looking like. And so, uh, yeah, so that was regarding the workouts. But the other thing was the relationship with food is that again, I had the privilege of um, being able to eat like junk food practically all the time without ha it having a physical impact on my body. And so I just fed my body junk because it was convenient, because it was easy, because I was always working. And so I used to feed my body junk. And the only reason I did it is because there was no like I said, no physical consequence of that happening. But it's not because there is no physical consequence that it's good for my body. And so like today, it's like, I want to be mindful of the food that I put in my body. Um, same with alcohol. So I drank a lot of alcohol. And when I think of it today, I'm like, that is like my body. I pushed my body like way past its, its limits. And I'm like, I don't know. I, a body is really incredible. And like our bodies adapt I guess and like today I'm really like impressed and amazed at like what my body does especially having given birth to like children and like breastfeeding it's like wow this body there's wisdom inside my body that I didn't know was there but it was always there And so the drinking, alcohol, drinking coffee, eating junk, not sleeping. So I did a horrible job at taking care of my body, but my body was always there. It was like, I'm there. I'm here. I'm strong. I'm like, and, and like, I remember if I felt sick, I would just like take a, I don't know, a throat thing. Uh, <laughs> ah, I don't know how to say it. Uh, a drop, like a cold drop, a throat drop. I don't know. The thing you take when you're, you have a sore throat and you still want to continue talking and working and stuff. So like today, and I used to take the pill continuously 
And so like I hardly had my period. So the relationship I had with my body at the time was very like I was hard. I was pushing my body. I was hard on my body. I was, yeah, like using my body. And I would have used that body until it said like, hey, and most people, that's what we do. We push our bodies beyond their limits, beyond their threshold. And sometimes it's like a health issue that brings our attention back to our bodies. For me, it was just in the process of like my healing journey and healing other things, I was able to examine my relationship with my body and realize all the stuff that was there that I didn't know was there. And then in cultivating that relationship with myself, like self-love, and also in caring for my children, I was able to learn a lot about myself because, um, as I said in the previous recording, like it's my job to pick up the cues when they're hungry, when they're tired. And in practicing doing that for them, I was able to do it for myself also and notice when I was hungry how cranky I was. And when I was uh, not sleeping, how cranky I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is true for children, but it's also true for adults. And so like, I want to be mindful of like giving my body what it needs on a regular basis. And so I eat snacks like every two hours. And I give like, I, I watch my son and my daughter and like my children. And I'm like, I'm watching for their hunger cues and most of the time when they feel hungry, which is approximately every two hours, I notice that I feel hungry too. And so I'm, I'm, I just developed an awareness around that, around like, instead of drinking coffee, when I feel tired, I'm going to go for a nap. And when I feel hungry, instead of like waiting until later, no, I'm just going to have snacks ready all the time. Every time we go out, together as a family because I'm most of the time I'm with the two children um we I have a backpack and I have snacks and I have water so if anyone is hungry if anyone is thirsty we have something to care for our bodies uh to be dressed warmly same thing so it's just like the relationship is a lot more loving and the way to move that the way that I choose to move my body and be intentional about moving my body is not like I'm not gonna wake up super early and like deprive myself of sleep to go for a two-hour workout at the gym to have like cut abs and uh eat only whatever type of food because low carbs and I want to be cut and like I'm not going to do that like I don't interact with my body in that way from the outside it's more of like a teamwork and like just being aware and noticing the signals that my body gives me so that I can give my body what it needs. And in doing that, my body just gives me the best version of a body that I could have because I'm so mindful of taking care of it. And so that has been a journey also after giving birth to children because my body obviously is not the same that it was. And that's the whole other thing. Like I, again, have the privilege of not having, like my body has not been modified in such a way. Like after having two children, my body doesn't look that much like different than it was before. Of course, like there is a little bit of a loose skins, but I have like, I ha hardly have any stretch marks. And so my stuff was more internal. 
so like my pelvic floor was affected more and like I my abs also like um I don't know in French we say a diastase so it's like when your ab muscles stretch kind of and split in the middle so like around my um my navel my belly button <laughs> um yeah so like there is this separation between my ab muscles and my pelvic floor I have done a lot of Uh, like physical therapy and like physio uh, work to like uh, reinforce my pelvic floor and like so the stuff that I had to live with after pregnancy and after giving birth is not stuff that you could see with your eyes and so most people are like are like oh yeah you're fine like you had children but like we hardly notice and like good job you have uh, whatever like you're almost back to your weight that you had before children. And it's like, I never had that, um, goal or whatever. Like I never, I never wanted my body to be the same after having children as it was before. I didn't have the goal to like make it seem as if I never had children. So there's something beautiful in the transformation of a body or of something of course your body is going to be different after having children and it's going to be the case like forever so it's forever altered and there's something beautiful in that because your body went through an experience and lived through something and it, it is going to be different forever and so yeah so I don't have um much of like the physical uh self-consciousness to be um yeah I don't carry that that's not part of my, of my journey. Um, and like, I was never, yeah, I, all of the body stuff that I had was what some people might call like small things, but like people still have them. And I, I think it's the same pattern. It's the same energetics for like anything that we have in relation to our body in relation with food. So like, I have not, um, had any form of like disordered eating, Except the fact that, like, I was just uh, kind of careless about what I ate and, like, uh, what I ate and how often I ate. So, like, it was just kind of, like, something I relegated to, like, yeah, I put this on the back burner. It was just not important to me. And so in that, in my relationship with my body and with food, I see, um, like, I can trace it back to the patterns of like codependency and things like that, just in the way that I interacted with my body. So I would prioritize everything and I, I would put myself last, including like my relationship to food and sleep. And so, so I didn't think of it much. It was just like, it was something that was not important. And I did the same thing with my needs, with my emotions. So it was just something that was, that didn't really exist in my reality. I was so outer focused and so focused on everything else and everybody else that I didn't really focus on this. And as I was healing all the rest, I was able to notice these things. So all the places where I may or may not have made myself wrong for being who I am and looking the way I look. And, um, like how I was not taking care of my body in such a loving way. And I think that's the, that's the thing that's true for like our relationships to everything really. So this is the relationship with my body. And as I said, relationships with money, with our children, with our spouse, like 
everything, like if you, the illusion that we have is that it's supposed to be easy and like effortless and that all the while being easy and effortless, that like the outcome is supposed to, like the whatever, like our relationship to our spouse, to our children, to our, bo our body, like we expect perfection from our body. Like we expect our body to be healthy and strong and yet we don't want to feed it or like give it sleep or move it in a way that feels good. And we expect our children to be happy and like behave properly and yet we don't give them our time or energy or attention and we expect them to like turn out perfectly same thing with our relationship our intimate relationships like if you don't put the energy the effort or the care in your marriage how do you expect to have a loving fulfilling nourishing relationship with your spouse and so it's just this idea that we have most of the time and I know that I had this idea with my body of like I can just do whatever and my body's always going to be there for me well no and like I'm so happy to have um, reconnected with my body in this way. And the other thing that I was, I forgot to mention is this, um, this part of like taking the pill continuously and like hormones, like altering your hormones in your body, like that does something. And so it's all like convenient, like, oh, I'm just not going to have my period forever. And like, I get to always be productive and to always be focused, but there's a cost to that. And so when I stopped taking the pill, and that was like, not so long ago, maybe three years ago that I stopped the pill, um, and just reconnecting with my body and giving it what it needs when I'm bleeding and like, sleeping more and taking care of myself and eating the right foods in that period of time and like um spending more alone time and like revisiting like how my life is going and like using that period of time as like sacred and precious instead of like finding it annoying that my body needs to bleed that's like that re that's a reflection of what my relationship used to be with my body, but also with the, the part of me that is a woman, the part of me that is feminine, the part of me that's connected to life. And so I was in complete denial of that part of me. And in reconnecting with my body, I also connected with that part. And I, I, I learned to love my period. And that might seem so strange, but like to some women, but like, I know there's something also happening where more and more women are cultivating a relationship with their period. But like, that's the same, like, I feel the same amazement, the same awe, the same beauty, like in my body, when I relate to pregnancy and giving birth and breastfeeding to my period, like your period is as magical as the rest of it. It's like, it's the, it's the ability and the connectedness of your body to life and to the capacity to create life inside of you is like right there and so dismissing that and like thinking of it as unimportant or like pushing it aside and pretending like it doesn't exist and like it's something that's annoying that prevents you from playing sports and being productive like that's exactly one of the examples 
of our own inner misogyny where we as women value productivity and like physical capacity more than the beauty of our bleeding that is the best indicator of our health and our capacity to give birth and to create life. And so that's something that I have unwinded inside of me, but that's something that was present. And so in all of like the relationships that we have, there is something to be seen there. And that was precious for me. And I just wanted to say it because it, it, it's something that I discovered. So for most of my life, and as I said, it's been like almost like three years. So for 20 something years of my life, so for a quarter of a century, I've been just like walking around life, ignoring my period and like my womanhood. And so today having a daughter, like I, I, I hope to be able to um, model for her uh, a beautiful relationship to my body in all the ways possible so that she is able to have that for her starting from day one and not um, like having the outside world impact so much the image that we have of ourselves as women of our bodies and also like how we're supposed to be or act or be productive like if you really have this love this deep deep love for you and your body like that's something that that is felt and I want to cultivate that for myself and also be able to model that for my daughter so that she sees her body for what it is and for like the magical vehicle like it's bodies are amazing bodies are wise and so I want to teach both my children because my son also like to cultivate a relationship to his body and to like treat your body as a teammate as a friend and not something or like not something annoying that you work against and that doesn't want to collaborate on some days because you decided that you wanted to work but your body is sick and you want to like oh body why are you sick instead of just like loving your body in that way and say like oh what do you need what do you need in this moment so that I could take care of you so that you can feel better and when you feel better we will go out in the world and create all sorts of amazing things. But today, if you're feeling sick, I'm not going to like be annoyed at you for feel feeling sick. I'm just going to take care of you. And so, yeah, the relationship with how we have with our bodies is, is a good reflection. And then you can always like, some people have that relationship with their children and others not, uh, others don't. But it's like, if your child was sick, like, are you annoyed at your child for being sick because you need to take a day off work and like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying? Or is it like, of course, I'll happily like um, move, like reorganize my schedule and I'll take care of you and come here and we're just going to spend the whole day in the bed and I'm going to make you uh, like your favorite food and we're just going to cuddle all day. And when you feel better, we'll move on with our lives. But it's like, sometimes I think we need to uh, revisit our priorities because we value like productivity over productivity and work and and all the things we need to do in the outside world more than we value anything else and that is reflected in our relationships with our bodies with our children with ourselves and so yeah just something to be mindful about because it's something that I was able to see in myself and yeah I, I love the place that I'm in again, uh, today with, in relationship to my body. 
and I just really don't see things the way I used to see them. And although I was not very externally oriented, you you still, like regarding my body, like everything has an impact and has an influence on you. And you just have to question yourself where it comes from. And so like mainstream media is a thing, but like family dynamics is definitely a thing. So like what's your mother's relationship to her body and your grandmother's relationship to her body? And how does your family... um what's your family's general relationship to their body? So like for me today, I was more um, addressing the woman's side of this because I am a woman, but um, it's true for everyone. It's true for men. It's true for boys. And so, yeah, that's the, that's what I wanted to bring to you today. So I'm going to stop this here for now and wish you a super wonderful day and talk to you soon.